It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, we are back once again for another fantastic edition of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And this week for show number 221, for the week of May 30th, 2019, we are that much closer to summer. And you know what? We can't wait. School is letting out next week, so we can't wait. We're going to start celebrating summer this week by kicking, by screaming, by balancing on boats, by learning martial arts and avoiding all of those motorcycles because we have none other than Martin Cove stopping in here this week. That's right, Martin Cove, who you know from such great classics like Rambo, Cagney and Lacey, as well as being Sensei John Kreese in Karate Kid 1, 2, 3, as well as Cobra Kai Seasons 1 and Seasons 2. And Martin Cove is going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things, what it's like being known as John Kreese in these pop culture iconic films, working on a variety of other projects, being part in brand new projects alongside great people like Johnny Depp, as well as working with many Disney Channel stars as well. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, and you have the questions, and he has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We also have Dominic back with all those tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and short on money in the short leash. And let's not forget Jeremy, who's going to take that trip through this week in Disney history with all those tidbits, look back, and all those fun facts that you may or may not know. And we also have Randy with the latest from Disney Multimedia for your iPhones, your Android, your computers, your tablets, you name it, with everything with the latest of Disney Interactive Multimedia. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire and all kinds of fun. So as we're going to jump into summer here this week and kick things off, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. They're going to make it magical. They're going to hold your hand, treat you like family, and walk you through the process. They have bilingual experts to help you any language barriers that you could possibly have and they are going to make it magical so definitely check them out castles and dreams travel the official sponsor of Diz radio so all of you d heads with that said it is time to jump into summer it is time to get things going it is time to hang up all those coats get the books on the shelves the kids are getting out of school we're planning our summer vacation so who better to kick us off into summer is none other than having that imagination that fun and the craziness from the imagination movers because they're going to let us know that here comes summer be right back all vd heads let's officially kick off show number 221 for the week of may 30th 2019 (laughs) hey guys here comes summer
real hot I hear the bubbles in the backyard pop They're summertime, summertime Better than many time, many time There is not summer at Before they stepped into this dojo. All that matters is that we are all Miyagi Do. I know how to beat Cobra Kai. I did it 30 years ago. And I can do it again. Great. Just make sure the Cobra Kai snake comes in at the end, all right? I want it to really pop.
mashed. Or just out of town on business. You always have the element of surprise. Kicking it. The new season premiere. Monday, February 17th. Only on Disney XD. Hello, everybody. This is Martin Cove. You all may know me as John Kreese. But just remember, no mercy. And you're listening to Diz Radio. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff, yes, definitely a pun intended, for show number 221 for the week of May 30th, 2019, as we are welcoming none other than John Kreese. Yes, Sensei Kreese, the one, the only, Martin Cove from Karate Kid 1, 2, 3, as well as Cobra Kai, Seasons 1 and Seasons 2. He's from Rambo, Cagney and Lacey, and many other projects. And Martin's going to stop in, chat with us, talk about what it's like being part of these iconic franchises with the Karate Kid films, and of course the newest hit Cobra Kai as well as working with such great Disney Channel stars like Peyton List who is part of Cobra Kai Season 2 and many other things and Martin's going to stop in and have some fun and hopefully he'll show us some mercy in addition no show would be complete without the D-Team yes I mentioned we have Dominic, Aaron, Jeremy and Randy all stopping in here this week and all kinds of fun so before I jump into that news hot off the D-Wire and jump right into everything here at the show I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show and first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also follow us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney Discussion Group on Facebook as well. Join our fitness club, the Diz Ninjas, and many other things connected right there on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all three of which will help you find our fun, unique, magical, different kind of Disney show. Now, maybe you need the magic instantly in your ears. It is super easy. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, hit subscribe. Yes, just search Disney Blue, Diz Radio, or Disney On Demand. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your Android, your tablet. You name it, you can get the shows as soon as they get released. They have the magic and, of course, all of our voices ringing in your ears instantly every single week. And if you can't remember any of these, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com. Find all these links there as well. With that said, all of you D-heads, let's jump into the news hot off the D-Y. And news was a little bit lighter here this week, but we definitely do have some things that we do want to talk about. Of course, Galaxy's Edge getting its grand opening ceremonies this last week. Yes, Galaxy's Edge, everybody everybody has been excited for these lands coming to Disneyland and the Walt Disney World Resort. And of course, the Disneyland Resort had its kickoff for Galaxy's Edge. We got a sneak peek of that when we were at Star Wars Celebration covering the event as well for Diz Radio. Well, at the opening events this year, they had all kinds of great things going on as George Lucas, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Billy D. Williams were all there on hand to have the opening ceremonies as well as Harrison Ford dedicating Galaxy's Edge, the grand opening ceremonies to the late Peter Mayhew, yes, Chewbacca himself. 
They were fantastic. There's excitement in the air. I know that so much more has to be done for this land, and I see Disneyland being highly understaffed for this. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Everybody's excited for this coming to the Disney parks. I mean, Star Wars has been part of the Disney parks well before Disney actually owned the Star Wars franchise. So it is going to be a fun one. I'm excited for it, but you can check these out online. You can see the opening ceremonies right there as they played out this last week. And it is definitely fun to see all the veterans there on stage helping dedicate this once-in-a-lifetime event. Now, also here in the past week, we had the live-action Aladdin get released in theaters. Now, everybody is torn up on this. Will Will Smith make a great genie? Is he anybody that can hold a comparison to the late Robin Williams? Let's just say... It turned out to be a pretty good film. We saw it in 4DX. It was a fantastic romp. I mean, 4DX theaters alone always enhance any kind of movie experience that you possibly have. But it was a great film. I don't think it is better than the original animated classic. I think, you know, Beauty and the Beast did a better job than Aladdin did. But it was fun. Will Smith is definitely Will Smith. You can't get around just seeing Will Smith being Will Smith. That is the biggest issue with the film, but it's fun. I'm not going to give it a negative review. I'm not going to go into a spoiler-free review right now. I'm just going to say check it out. We'll revisit this one in a couple of weeks when everybody has had a chance to see it. Now, since we are talking about films, let's talk about Onward. Yes, the first trailer from Pixar. Yes, Pixar is getting original once again, not just sequels, things like that. They have the all-new film coming out with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, yes, as elves. Yes, Pixar may be gearing up for the latest release with Toy Story 4 coming up, but they are also having Onward. The newest teaser trailer did get released, and it's set in a suburban fantasy world, and the film follows two teenage elf brothers who embark on an extraordinary quest in a van named Guinevere to discover if there is still a little universe left, a little magic, a little things that are there still magical within the world. Now, the film is written and directed by Dan Scallon and produced by Corey Ray, reuniting the team that made Monsters University. Now, the film's first trailer plays up the suburban Uh, Pretty much the suburban demographic says everything has gone from being magical to just humdrum daily life. It's really boring, and it's just unicorns are basically raccoons. Mermaids are just sitting there doing nothing. I mean, it's just, it really goes ahead and lays that groundwork that things that were magical, things that were simple, things that were just seemed like the sky was the limit has become humdrum, boring, everyday things. Now, at Disney's D23 Expo back in 2017, he explained that the film was inspired by his own childhood, and he lost his father when he was very young. And in the film, we're going to tell the story of two teenage elf brothers whose father passed away when they were too young to remember him. But thanks to a little magic still left in the world, the boys embark on a quest that will allow them a chance to spend one last magical day with their father. Now, of course, this is going to be great. It's going to be opening on March 6, 2020, so we definitely have some time there, uh, you know, to gestate this one, see more trailers coming, of course. But this is also going to mark the first time Pixar has ventured into March release dates. Usually, Pixar doesn't do that. It's always summer, late summer, November, so this is going to be a new one. 
Now, getting from the big screen to the small screen, let's talk about Descendants 3. Everybody loves Descendants, yes, the ways to be wicked, the villain kids, and it is getting its premiere date on the Disney Channel. Now, Disney Channel has set 8 p.m. Friday, August 2nd for the premiere of its musical-filled film, yes, the threequel, Descendants 3. The original cast is returning, as does director Kenny Ortega, who is helmed with the high school musical movies, as well as the Descendants films. Now, Descendants 3 unfolds on VK Day as the fair-minded villain kids cross the barrier and return to their birthplace, the Isle of the Lost, to bring four deserving villain kids to the coveted Oradon Prep in a land where they had a chance to succeed, see happiness, and fulfillment. But it's Mal who knows she must resolve to close the barrier to the Isle of the Lost permanently, fearing that the nemesis Uma and Hades, yes, Hades is the newcomer, is going to wreak vengeance on her new home and the kingdom ruled by her beloved King Ben. Now this is going to be great, it's gonna be different, it's gonna kinda set Mal as almost like a villain in this. Now everybody is returning of course, Cameron Boyce, Boo Boo Stewart, as well as many others, Sophia Carson, Dove Cameron, I mean they're all going to be back once again, but now it's getting its premiere date. Yes, it is coming to the Disney Channel, 8 p.m. Friday, August 2nd. You can get ready for Descendants. Now, since we are talking about the small screen here, how about Marvel's Spider-Man Maximum Venom? Yes, Disney XD is ordering a third season of the Emmy Award-nominated animated series. Yes, Disney XD's Emmy Award-nominated series Marvel's Spider-Man has been ordered for a third season, and it's slated to premiere in spring of 2020, and the third season is titled Marvel's Spider-Man Maximum Venom, suggesting that Venom is going to play a major role in the all-new season. Now, the brief description reads as Spider-Man is pushed to his breaking point when Venom summons an earth-shattering threat from his own planet. Now, this is the most epic conflict in the history of Marvel animation, as they are putting it. Now, while Venom has popped up on the series on occasion, much of Marvel's Spider-Man has featured a large assortment of web-slingers from a, a lot of different areas, including Doc Ock always being the main villain. So this is going to be different, and it's going to be fun. And yes, the third season is coming for Spider-Man. Now, moving to the parks again, let's say you're a teacher. We're celebrating summer vacation here at the show. We want to cut, just jump into summer vacation instantly here at Diz Radio. We're getting ready for it to not be a cruel summer, you know, like uh, Sensei Crease might do for all of us. But how about Disney World offering teachers summer hotel discounts? Now, Walt Disney World is giving teachers a reward for making it through another long school year, you know, pretty much uh, teaching all of your children and all of those. So the resort is offering teacher appreciation rates through September 3rd that will allow teachers to take advantage of Disney area hotels for a large discount. Now, these discounts are going to be great. I mean, from the Wyndham Garden, $75 a night, the Holiday Inn at $95, Best Western at $95.99. I mean, these are lower rates. You can stay at the Hilton Buena Vista Palace at $122 a night. So if you want the full list, definitely look it up on the official Disney website and, uh, you know, get those discounts in because why not? If you have a teacher in your family, whole family can take advantage of this and definitely save you some money. Now, moving right along here, since we are talking about the parks, how about something that is the most ridiculous news that I could possibly tell you? And how about that news with Disney World being sued because a bird attacked a woman and she is now trying to sue for up to $15,000. Yes, Disney is often known as the magical place on earth, but one Florida woman is going to disagree. Lisa Dixon was allegedly left with traumatic injuries after she was struck in the head by a bird at the Walt Disney World Resort in May of 2017. She is asking for damages in excess of $15,000. Yes, 
you heard me right. Now a bird, something that Disney can't control, hits you in the head and you make money. This is just ridiculous. But she is saying that, you know, basically she was struck in the head while waiting on the dock to take the ferry over to the Magic Kingdom. Now, the lawsuit is accusing Disney of not keeping the dock safe and failing to properly warn visitors of dangers in the area with a false sense of security, among other allegations. I'm just going to leave this one out there that this is ridiculous and people always are looking for money for nothing. Ridiculousness. So all VD heads, with that said, as I mentioned, news is a little light here this week. I'm not going into any uh, anything else. It's, it's pretty light here this week. The biggest news was, of course, Galaxy's Edge opening up, and there has been so much coverage of that, there's no need for me to go into more of that with you. So before I release the reins here to the D-Team and all the fun as we gear up for none other than Martin Cove to show us no mercy, I'm going to mention that Disrayo.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, you name it, they're going to help you, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They're award-winning, and they are absolutely free. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all VD heads, with that said, it is time to release the reins to the D-Team. You have the questions, he has the answer. Aaron is going to answer all those questions and I want to know. We also have Jeremy with This Week in Disney History, Dominic giving you those tips and tricks with the short leash, and Randy with the latest in Disney multimedia. And yes, we are gearing up for none other than Martin Cove, Sensei Kreese from the Karate Kid film franchise, as well as Cobra Kai Season 1 and Season 2. And he's going to stop in and talk about what it's like being John Kreese, his upcoming roles, working with Disney stars like Peyton List, and so much more. So let's officially press on for show number 121 for the week of May 30th, 2019. It's a world of hope and a world of fears. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware. It's a small world after all. Everybody now. The smile means friendship to everyone Though the mountains be wide and the oceans are wide It's a small world after all Come on, come on, everybody now
Wars Galaxy's Edge is, in a word, epic. It is the biggest single land expansion we've ever done in Disney Parks history. This all new land completely immerses you in the world of Star Wars. It feels like you've just walked straight into a Star Wars movie with all of the characters and all the action and the environments and the sounds and the sights. But for the first time, the smells and the tastes, everything that can help bring Star Wars to life and help give you the most immersive and authentic Star Wars experience you can imagine. Black Spire Outpost is a remote trading port on the edge of wild space. Back in the old sub speed days, it was a necessary stopping off point for fuel and provisions. But now that hyperspace has kind of left it in the dust a little bit, it's become a haven for those who didn't want to be in the mainstream, the smugglers, the bounty hunters, those folks looking to crew up for some adventure into wild space. And it's a great stepping off point for new Star Wars stories, including your Star Wars adventure. Hi, this is Tom Kane, the voice of a number of current Disney attractions like Yoda and Jedi Training Academy, Akbar and Star Tours, a number of upcoming rides in the new Star Wars park that I can't talk about yet, and of course, the voice of the monorail. And you're listening to Diz Radio, helping you relive the magic in memories. Hi, my name's Jeremy, also known as the Spider-Pan of the Neverland podcast to Disney and beyond, and this is great moments in history, but only the Disney parts. Now, I should have mentioned Fred Harmon last time when I was talking about his brother Hugh Harmon. Fred Harmon usually doesn't get a lot of recognition because he didn't continue in animation, and I hadn't really thought about Fred Harmon until I got a chance to interview Jim Corcus, and he helped me out a little bit on a presentation I gave with some of this information. But Hugh Harmon had a brother, Fred, born February 9th, 1902, met Walt Disney at the Kansas City Film Ad Company, and after the Laughogram Studios failed, he went on to create and draw Red Rider comic strips. That's right, Red Rider with his BB gun that you will shoot your eye out. But, as you might recall, I'm going through and talking about the artists of the Laughogram Studio and what they did after Laughogram failed. I am a Kansas City native, so this is kind of an important thing for me. This has been fun. After the failed studio creation attempt, because you might remember that the last week we mentioned about him and Hugh Harmon had got together to try to create a studio with Carmen Maxwell which we're going to get into Carmen Maxwell at a later time. Uh, he actually, Rudolph Ising, went back to work with Disney and then helped make Oswald cartoons and Alice comedies. And he continued working, actually, with Walter Mintz after Oswald was taken away from Walt. So after leaving Universal Studios when he was working with Walter Mintz, he and Hugh Harmon went to Warner Brothers and began to work on the Bosco series. Remember we mentioned Bosco the Talking Kid last, last week, uh, which actually launched the Looney Tunes series. He also started Merry Melodies, which was, some some websites will call it a parody, and others will kind of call it stepping on Walt's already begun Silly Symphonies. Uh, he could be utilizing the popularity of it, or, you know, you could almost consider it like a parody in name, because uh, really, you know, Merry Melodies, Looney Tunes, coming from Silly Symphonies. Uh, it seems they're borrowing from Walt, so Walt still having an influence in their later careers. Uh, they're actually, uh, Rudolph Ising and Hugh Harmon were frequently accused of copying Disney's style. Uh, maybe this parody title might have something to do with it, or it could be that you know, working with Walt for a while and, you know, you, you end up developing a style that Walt was using. So I could see some similarity could, could grow up, because Walt definitely had a certain style. Uh, but they worked on the Silly Symphony Babies while Walt's animators were working on Snow White. 
1931, Mary Melody's Smile Darnia Smile, which later would become the theme song uh, from this short, would be used in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now, that short was actually drawn by I. Freeling. We're going to talk about him later. And Max Maxwell, who we'll also meet later. That's Carmen Max Maxwell, which I mentioned earlier. In 1933, after having a falling out with Leon Schlesinger over at Warner Brothers, he took Bosco back to MGM since he and Harmon held the copyright. And I think this is a lesson Rudolph Ising and Hugh Harmon may have learned from what happened with Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, also considering that Rudolph Ising did go and work over with Walter Mintz on some of those Oswald cartoons. They saw what happened with Walt, so I'm pretty sure they were, when they created Bosco, they made sure that they owned that character. Well, after they'd went over to MGM, they created 37 Happy Harmonies. Once again, seemed to be stepping or branching off from Silly Symphonies. But in 1938, they were terminated. Well, Rudolph Ising was terminated from MGM, but he still was subcontracted with them for about a year. And he also began some work with Disney on Silly Symphonies. He was hired back on at MGM after that year, after Disney reneged on a deal to release two Harmon Ising cartoons, which were later sold to Fred Quimby. And then at that point, Ising and Harmon separated. Now, harmonizing is kind of what they would do together, and even if they were doing stuff with Warner Brothers or, or MGM, they would do things as harmonizing. Kind of a cute play on their name, I know. In 1940, Rudolph Ising won an Oscar for The Milky Way, and this was the first one that Disney didn't win. So, hey, that's pretty good when you can win a, uh, an Oscar for a short when Disney's been dominating that category. In 1942, Rudolph Ising left MGM to go serve in the military during World War II. And then back in 1951, Harmon and Ising produced good wrinkles to support the California prune industry. And that's all the information I have for you about Rudolph Ising. Stick around next time as we're going to begin a series talking about the great Carl Stalling. And that's your Disney history for this week. As a reminder, my name is Jeremy, but you can call me the Spider Pan, and I can be found over at NeverlandPodcast.com, where I host my own podcast every week, where we talk about Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, just about anything, and even sometimes go beyond to Disney. We frequently say to Disney and beyond. We also say to keep your pixie in your pocket, but to find out more about that, you'll just have to check out the show. I can also receive email from you at spiderpan at disradio.com, so feel free to let me know of something important that you think I should talk about in Disney history. It ain't no trick to get rich quick. If it ain't dig, dig with a shovel or a pick. In a mine, in a mine, in a mine, in a mine, where a million diamonds shine. We dig, 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 dig from early morning till night. We dig, 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 dig up everything inside. We dig up diamonds, mines, more. thousand rubies, sometimes born, but we don't know what we dig them for. We dig, 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 dig.
you got going on lately, uh, man. I'm on a brand new uh, original series for Disney XD called Kicking It. Okay. It is a kick-butt martial arts action sitcom. Okay, and you're the sensei. Yes, I am the sensei. You're like the guy that teaches the karate to the... So you must know I'm something. the guy that teaches, yes. You yes. must know a little bit about karate. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's been a little bit of a process to get oh, up like, to speed, yeah. So you're like the Mr. Disney tough guy? Everybody in the Magic Kingdom is petrified of you, I'll bet, huh? <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. All the guys in the big character suits scurry when they see him yeah. coming. Uh-oh. Lockdown Fantasyland. Here comes Sensei. <laughs> Sensei Rudy. Sensei Rudy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. See, you really don't seem that scary, man. You know, I, I know scary. I picture scary, and I don't picture you. Did you spar with Miley Cyrus? Oh, <laughs> that's Donald Duck and Goofy getting lifty, and you yes. throw him a beat. I mean, something like, if you guys want, I could probably, i show you a couple things we've been working on for the show, yeah. for a little Disney show. <laughs> Call me Sensei. Sensei? Yeah. Mike, that that looks bad. It really hurts. Call me Sensei. I'm a quick Call me Sensei. I'll send out. Thanks for the lesson, kid. Yeah, it was, it was great. You guys are kind of soft for a couple of cavemen. And by the way, don't call me kid. I'm 34. I just played a teenager on TV. Oh. Sorry, Mr. Earls. Sorry, Mr. Earls. Oh. Oh. He's a nice guy. Yeah, really nice kid. What? <laughs> Nothing. You're a nice guy. Nice, very nice person. Guy. Tall, lanky. Sensei? Sensei. Sensei. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. We're full into mowing of the grass, yard work. It gets to be a challenge to get my son's baseball games played. 
Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Gregory Clapman of New Jersey, and he writes, I want to know, Zarin, I have a thought or question on Disney comics. After hearing Jonathan's interview about Carl Barks on show 220, I was thinking of the comics from the 80s with Donald. I think those were written by someone else, am I right? And how long did the series run for? Also, is there any easy place to find some of them? I'm not looking for rated, bagged items, just some low-grade love to collect from my own personal collection kind. Thank you, and keep it magical. Well, I think you're remembering Walt Disney's Donald Duck Adventures. It was a comic book series featuring the adventures of Donald Duck and his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Gladstone Publishing published 48 issues, the first 20 were published from 1987 to 1990, and then the last 28 were published from 1993 to early 1998. The series contained original material alongside reprints from older Donald Duck strips from the 1930s and 1940s, as well as more modern material from the King syndicated strip from the 1980s. Disney Comics published the title from 1990 to 1993, this one being the only one of the new Disney comic books to survive the company's comic implosion in 1991. This included 38 issues. Gemstone Publishing published its own series of Donald Duck Adventures. This one is a digest-sized graphic novel alongside Mickey Mouse Adventures. This Donald Duck Adventures was canceled at 21 issues in December of 2006. Carl Barks was one of the writers of the comic, along with Byron Erickson, Jeffrey Blum, Bob Foster, Homer Brightman, and Bob Karp. There's a great website I have found to buy comics. It's called MyComicShop.com, and they have several of the Donald Duck Adventure comics. They have various grades, and almost all of them are $5 and under. That website again is my comicshop.com Well, our next question is from Barbara Hernandez, Ohio, and she writes, Diz Radio, question on a classic Disney movie, or not classic, you decide. I love the Shaggy Dog series, and I know they remade it with Tim Allen. I also know they made a version with a guy who voices Aladdin in the early 1990s, I think. But someone told me they made another version where Wilby was grown up. It was a sequel, but it wasn't the Shaggy Dog DA, but one from the 1980s. Thoughts? I really want to find and watch them all. Diz Radio Rocks. Well, The Shaggy Dog is a black and white 1959 Walt Disney film about Wilby Daniels, a teenage boy who by the power of an enchanted ring is transformed into the title character, a shaggy old English sheepdog. The film was based on the story, The Hound of Florence, by Felix Salton. It stars Fred McMurray, Tommy Kirk, Gene Hagen, Gavin Corcoran, Tim Considine, Roberta Shore, and Annette Funicello. This was Walt Disney's first live-action comedy. Walt Disney Productions filmed a successful sequel in 1976 called The Shaggy D.A., which starred Dean Jones, Tim Conway, and Suzanne Plachette. It was followed by a 1987 television sequel, 
1994 television remake, and a 2006 live-action theatrical remake. The 1994 TV remake, The Shaggy Dog, features Scott Winger as Wilby, who was also the voice of Aladdin. The 2006 remake is the Tim Allen version. If you are interested in the 1987 television sequel called The Return of the Shaggy Dog. It's a two-part made-for-television comedy film produced by Walt Disney Television. The film is set in the 17 years between the events portrayed in The Shaggy Dog and The Shaggy Dog D.A. It was broadcast on November 1st and 8th of 1987 as a Disney Sunday movie presentation on ABC. The film follows the adventures of Wilby Daniels, now a successful lawyer, who has proposed marriage to his girlfriend Betty. However, an aged Professor Plumcut dies and his last words are that his infamous enchanted ring that transforms people into old English sheepdogs is to be inherited by Wilby. Which again, sets another sheepdog transformation in progress when the Professor's evil bumbling caretakers seek it for themselves. Wilby's younger brother Moochie now a full-grown man, comes to Wilby's aid when the curse reactivates, and Wilby agrees to help him in exchange by getting cast as the perfect dog for a dog food commercial, as Moochie is a struggling casting director. Together, Wilby and Moochie must once again break the curse before Wilby's wedding to Betty, but this time by Wilby carrying out Professor Plumcut's last wish to take ownership of the cursed ring and thus put an end to the dog transformations. Unfortunately, this movie was never officially released, so finding it to watch might be a challenge. Well, our final question this week is from Drew Johnson of Chicago, Illinois, and he writes, Aaron and the D-Team, love the show and glad to have you all back. My question is about the Muppets. Maybe you've had this question before, but I remember being really little at the glorious MGM Studios and meeting the Muppets for a meet and greet. And I swear they had a stage show where Voyage of the Little Mermaid took its place. I don't have any photos and can't find much on it, but I swear I remember meeting them and Kermit was gigantic. Help is appreciated for my childhood memories and sanity. Well, you're remembering Here Come the Muppets. It was a live show that premiered on May 25, 1990 at the Disney MGM Studios. The holding area of the show featured a special recorded video of Rolf playing the piano and singing with interruptions from Sam the Eagle. The show, which featured walk-around versions of the Muppets, ran until September 2nd, 1991 and was replaced at that location by Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Two weeks after the show closed, a second live Muppet show, Muppets on Location, Days of Swine and Roses, opened in another location in the park. Kermit the Frog is on stage, but the other Muppets are late. Kermit gets a call from Mickey Mouse on the video phone. Mickey's checking on how the show's going, and Kermit assures him that it's going fine despite the others not being there yet. Kermit calls the operator, which is Lily Tomlin, as her Ernestine character from Laugh-In, and asks to get Miss Piggy on the phone. Miss Piggy's wearing a robe and has mud on her face, she claims she's talking with some Disney executives, but when she finds out that Kermit is using a video phone, 
that she can be seen, she instantly gets ready for the show. Kermit then calls Fozzie Bear. Fozzie thinks that he's lost, but Kermit tells him that he has to go through the door that Fozzie's in front of, and that leads him to the stage. Shortly after entering the stage, Fozzie tells Kermit that Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem are going to come by Monorail. Monorail crashes through the wall, and the band emerges. Miss Piggy, Gonzo, and Bean Bunny soon arrive as well, and the show gets started. There's some great videos on YouTube to relive those childhood memories. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails, you got some power in your corner now, heavy ammunition in your camp, you got some punch myself, and how all you gotta do is rub that lamp, and then I'll say, Mr. Man, what's your name, whatever, what will your pleasure be, let me take your order, I'll jot it down, you ain't never had a friend like me, life is your restaurant, and I'm your maitre d'. Whisper to me whatever it is you want You ain't never had a friend like me We pride ourselves on service You the boss, the king, the shop Say what you wish is yours to dish about a little more baklava? Have some of column A Try all of column B I'm in the mood to help you, dude You ain't never had a friend like me Oh! It's the big one, watch out, it's the big one, oh! Can your friends do this? Can your friends do that? Can your friends pull this? Out of their little hat, can your friends go? I'm the genie of the lamb, I can sing rap dance if you give me a chance, oh! Don't sit there, buggy. I'm here to answer all your midday prayers. You got me bona fide, certified. Got a genie for your charge affairs. I got a powerful urge to help you out. So what you wish? I really want to know. You got a list that's three miles long, no doubt. All you got to do is rub like so. Mr. Aladdin, yes. One wish or two or three. Well, I'm on the job, you big nabob. You ain't never had a friend, never had a friend. You ain't never had a friend, never had a friend. You ain't never, never had a friend.
Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, the Short Leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time or short on money. And with any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. It's been a few years since I started doing this segment and I look back at the various topics we've talked about. And I'm going to sum them up in one top 20 Short Leash tips and tricks mega list. I don't see people going back three years into the archives and scrubbing to this segment over and over. So let's just put them all into one place. Actually, two places. We'll do ten this week, ten more next week. Here we go, in no particular order, because what's important to some might be no big deal to others. We are playing the hits here. Number 20. Don't buy a park ticket on your travel days. Unless you can arrive, check into your hotel, and make it to the park before it opens, you're paying for time you can't use. On the day you leave, unless you can store your luggage somewhere, and the part after the park closes, you're also paying for park time that you're not going to use. Don't do it. Number 19. Use your travel days to take advantage of the resorts, the boardwalk, or Disney Springs. No matter if you stay on or off property, your travel days are a perfect time to shop, do some resort dining, ride monorails, do a dinner show. Depending on when you arrive or leave, you may have the better part of two days to enjoy the resource amenities that have nothing to do with the park and doesn't interfere with the ticket time you've paid for. Number 18. You can make an endless cheap trip out of the water parks. For the price of two days, you can get an annual pass for the water parks. And if sweltering summer is your vacation time, or if money's tight and you aren't crazy about attractions, Make a vacation out of the water parks instead. You'll be cool by the pool while everybody else is standing in debilitating heat waiting to ride a fake banshee. You'll be at Blizzard Beach or Typhoon Lagoon sipping cocktails by a lazy river. Hey, and you're still at Disney. You can take advantage of the resorts. You can go to the boardwalk. You can hang out at Disney Springs. You can get your Disney magic infusion without breaking the bank. Number 17. Eat at quick service and the lounges. Skip table service. The meals at quick service restaurants and lounges are often largely portioned, they're delicious, they're cheaper and faster. Sometimes they use the same kitchen and even the same menu as their table service counterparts. Go quick service and save time and money and still get some great food. Number 16. See characters outside of character dining. Kids and some adults love to see the characters. I've done my share of character dining and between the time the meal kills and the bill that comes with it, I can fast pass a character meet and greet, walk right in and out and get a better picture than I would have at the restaurant and it didn't cost me anything. The amount of times I spent a fortune on horrible Norwegian food so my daughters can meet a princess was completely unnecessary. See Ariel somewhere else. Number 15. Do everything you think you need to do once. Once. For years, we always wanted to eat at Cinderella's Royal Table. And then we did. We don't need to do that again. There's some Disney experiences that you'll always think you need to do, and it'll probably nag at you if you don't, but truthfully, the experience will probably not live up to the hype you created in your brain. Do it, get out of your system, reflect, and move on. Number 14. Defy human nature. People sleep late on vacations. You don't hit the parks early. People watch parades and fireworks. Have you already seen them already? Hit some attractions while 50% of the park is distracted by things exploding. 
people eat at noon and at 5 p.m. You don't. Eat at 2.30 and 7.30 instead. Do the opposite of what other people would normally do on vacation. You'll be waiting around a lot less. Number 13, the gauntlet. When the parks are getting crowded midday and the temperature is rivaling that of the surface of the sun, do not stand in line for popular attractions. Instead, run a gauntlet of unpopular attractions or shows that can either accommodate a lot of people or are air-conditioned or both. At least shaded. While another family is melting down in a 90-minute wait for Big Thunder Mountain, you've been chilling in the Tiki Room or Country Bears or the Hall of Presidents and that Carousel of Progress. When all those other families have melted down after waiting in line all day, walk right on the Big Thunder Mountain while all those noobs are distracted by fireworks. Number 12. Spoil the kids. Not with money. You're already taking them to Disney. They're spoiled enough. Show them ride videos. Spoil the rides for them. Disney is a scary place for some kids. Some rides are dark, loud, and for drama purposes usually put you in peril. I'm middle-aged and I still haven't fully recovered from the frozen sing-along. Let them see some ride videos, explain it's just a show, and they'll be perfectly safe. Then they'll be excited to see the attraction in real life and not crying to go home after Hopper tries to kill them and dump spiders on them and it's tough to be a bug. Number 11. Control the spending. Gift card those kids. They're going to want everything they see. Give them a gift card with a set amount and tell them to look for things that they like, but do your shopping on the last day so they don't blow their cash day one and then regret it after they see something else, which makes you sad and then you have to buy it for them so they'll shut up. No, no, no. Wait till the last day. Also, you won't have to deal with them losing it at the hotel. You won't be lugging a three and a half foot Eeyore on Big Thunder Mountain. Hype it up. Use the gift card and that could be the main thing you do on your departure day. Number 10. Don't park hop. This used to be a great thing for its time, but today between fast pass reservations, potential dining reservations, if you're ignoring tip number 17, and the 40 minutes to an hour it takes to get from one park to another, it's not worth the upgrade price unless you really only like one or two rides at a park. Most days I wasn't using it or couldn't use it as my fast passes were turning my magic bands into fun shackles. For my next trip, the price difference is 540 bucks. I want to get out of Epcot as much as the next person, but not by that much. Well, that's it for now, because putting three years of tips in one place isn't necessarily short leash, but it's definitely more convenient than 15 seconds skipping through 100 plus episodes of Diz Radio. I hope you enjoyed these tips. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at disradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I also could be found on the internet on Twitter at WDWPlantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. We now have an interactive Disney World park map with links to YouTube ride videos for every attraction so you can spoil those kids and not make them melt down. Check it out. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. One, two, three, four. See how we got this chemistry Ooh, Crashing like a wave of energy Yes, there.
Cobra Kai is back where it belongs. Back on top. But the real story's only just begun. Thought you were dead. Cobra Kai never dies. Ever since the tournament, all I've been thinking about are ways to destroy Cobra Kai. But opening your own dojo? Make sure you can balance that? Balance is my thing. The city is we got some new recruits. Cobras, show them what real karate looks like. It's just an insane karate cult that's brainwashing half the school. That's why I'm opening up Miyagi Do. You better hope that your soldiers are ready. They're kids. Do you have a crush? Is it Robbie? The fight is only over when you say it is. Let's finish the fight. The sensei doesn't teach destruction and disrespect. We need to talk about what you've been putting in my kids' heads. Same lessons I taught you. Strike first, strike hard. No mercy. Fighting positions? These things don't end well. This isn't a tournament. This is real life. There are no rules. It's not how I taught you to fight. You want to finish this? Bring it on. Lights. Camera. Action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright, all you Disney fans, as summer is kicking its way into our lives, we are going to the beaches. We're balancing on boats, and the heat will show us no mercy. And this week, we have somebody here who is no stranger to working hard. You know him from such things as Cagney and Lacey, Rambo, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and of course, somebody who will teach you that mercy is not an option. We have none other than Sensei Kreese from The Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, the most-watched streaming TV series with Cobra Kai and Cobra Kai season two we have none other than martin cove here with us welcome to Diz radio oh thank you thank you well first off i want to thank you for taking time to stop in with us and you have played a part in so many people's lives from great television past films and many others that have been passed on to generations such as the karate kid and many others but to kick things off to start this conversation with the pun intended kicking it off what got you started in this career of acting as a lifelong love and goal well i think it was uh this uh, monumental epic called the Golden Goose that uh, was in the fourth grade that I participated in. And I remember going to, I guess it was PS1, yeah, PS1, yeah, PS161, I think. It was in Brooklyn, and um, it was incredible. Uh, I just loved acting a lot, and uh, uh, just... I fell in love with being on the stage and making people laugh. And, you know, John Kreese doesn't make people laugh from Cobra, from Cobra Kai, but yet I started my career 
basically it was to make people laugh, and I enjoyed it very much, you know. Exactly. And as you said, this being part of something immersive and becoming the characters themselves, bringing the story to life and being part of so many roles, such as from Cagney and Lacey. And of course, as you mentioned, none other than John Kreese. So there's no getting around that subject at all. So what is it like being known as one of the most recognized and biggest, baddest villains and senseis in film history? Well, you know, there was this on the History Channel, they gave an award, which I feel. I, I, they, they, they use the word icon. Everybody uses the word icon. Hey, I'm no icon. Icon to me is like Anthony Hopkins and Jack Nicholson and Sean Connery and all those people. I mean, you know, Humphrey Bogart, those are icons. But, you know, they use that word a lot. And they gave me this award, 50, 50 greatest villains in cinema history. So I thought it was very charming. I thought about what it's like to be, you know, because you think of Doc, you know, I get coined the Darth Vader of the karate world, you know? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think the, the value of, of what I did then, because I've looked back at it when I was watching Cobra, doing Cobra Kai back in Atlanta in season two, and I would look to see what the body motions were like, what the, what the behavior was like, and, you know, it's transformed itself so much into this series where I'm not that stoic, that, Tough. You know, he's very tough, but it's all in the behavior. But the fact that the writers are so good in the series, and they write, you know, I only joined the cast so I could play a more vulnerable, or in a sense, a more versatile, you know, character with more texture and his emotions and more colorful than just playing John Cleese from the movies. And it, it, it's fun, you know, but you always have a level of comparison to work against, you know. It's interesting to play and to play the character against that real one-dimensional tough guy who, you know, mercy is for the weak is all he knew, you know, and he wasn't evil. He wasn't an evil character. He was was just, you know, stuck in his ways about there's no room for second place, you know, mercy is for the weak. And you are right, Mercy is for the Week is all he knew. And you appeared in all three of the original Karate Kid films, which now have gone on to become pop culture iconic movies. And films that get passed on to generations, television shows, movies, and many other things that pull references from the Karate Kid films in them as part of pop culture. Now, did you ever imagine that this role and these films would become such staples in cinema history and become this cult film that has a never-ending like fan base and love? Well, we never, it's never left us, you know, William Zapka and, and Ralph Macchio, we've all been friends, for, you know, since we did those movies. And it's never left us, but no, you know, the, these writers, John Hurwitz and um, uh, Hayden Schlossberg and Josh Heald, they approached us and approached William Ralph first and then me and, you know, said, you'll come in on the, you know. 10th episode, season one, and you'll set up season two, and you'll be a regular on the show and all that. And basically, they knew more about our characters than we did. They had lived, eaten, breathed, <laughs> you know, 16 years. They saw this movie when they were six, you know? And they've just cultivated it for the longest time and had a hook on having characters who were all gray, who had huge arcs to their character. And to continue on the three of the three movies with the television series. Literally continue the life of these characters in real time. 
you know, right now, not then, and not create another sequel, but literally create a world around three of us and also utilize so many teenagers. I think you know, there, was, there was a girl, Peyton List, from, you know, from the Disney movies, you know, and uh, she's a tough girl here. So they incorporate everything, which is brilliant, and that's what keeps it alive now is season three. We've said, according to yesterday, to this analytical firm, I think it's Paradigm or Paris, I don't remember, we're the most watched digital television series on the planet. There is a greater desire for us to be feeding everybody who's on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu in the past. And it's interesting because we all made these movies 35 years ago, and now we're all in good good enough shape to do a TV series, and it's phenomenal. So to answer your question, nobody ever thought it would go to this level of success, but it was always around. Everybody was always moved by those, like I'm moved by Casablanca, like I love the Wild Bunch, like, you know, I'm a Western fan, you know, I will always be moved by by Red River with John Wayne, you know? But the bottom line is, did we think of it as, you know, would it constitute the success of Karate Kid? No, not really, not at this level. And with that, too, you were approached and became a regular on season two of Cobra Kai, as you mentioned. And it is the most watched streaming television series to date. Now, what was it like with the reception? Because everyone was ecstatic knowing that Kreese was coming back once again and, of course, being a major player in season two. Now, what was it like stepping back into those shoes, realizing that people not only wanted Johnny and Daniel, but they wanted to see Kreese back in action once again? Well, I can't give you many spoilers because there's probably a lot of people out there who haven't seen season two. But those writers did exactly what they said they do. They wrote me up and down, fluctuating with emotions, fluctuating with positions in life. You know, he comes in in season one, you know, he comes in as if he's on top of the world. And he goes through lots of emotional changes, just like Johnny Lawrence did. Uh, you know, it's, it's really... Um, to, it, it, the way they've written me is the way I enjoy playing. You, you enjoy going and having the ups and downs of any character. You know, playing one-dimensional is cool, but, you know, it only goes so far for you. The, the public loves it. And they love seeing this guy. I mean, I, I was in Austin at the world premiere, and I was amazed. Every time I came on, you hear, oh, yeah. <laughs> You hear all this stuff, what's he up to now? And as an actor, as an actor, I was playing something totally different. You know, I was trying to play, like at the end of season one, that one look I have at the end after I leave the dojo. And I have that smile at the very end when he says, hey, hold on. And then you know he's going to invite you back to his world. At the end, uh, I think it was season, yeah, season two, the very opening episode. Um, the end of the episode where you know John Kreese has now gotten himself back into Johnny's world, the world of Cobra Kai. And, you know, it's interesting how many times we did that smile. And, you know, it means something different every time you do it. And yet, no matter what I was thinking as an actor, the audience interprets every time you see John Kreese, uh-oh, something's going on. You know, there is some manipulation happening. And it's interesting to play that. It's interesting to see the audience's reaction, and many times it's not at all what the actor's thinking. You know, it's not at all what you're playing. But they believe that character to be so dark, they wouldn't trust him 
you know, to have a lollipop in his mouth, you know? <laughs> and I don't want to give away too many spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen season two just yet, but it's always a roller coaster ride of what is he up to? What is the angle? And yet you also see him as somebody who's set in his ways all these years later, still driven to believe that his way is the right way. Well, you got to remember two things. It won't spoil anything that people haven't seen season two, but John Kreese, the only thing he loved more than Johnny Lawrence as a son figure is Cobra Kai. And, you know, there, there is no second place for functioning within Cobra Kai. It is an organization. Remember, Miyagi, Miyagi professed that karate was a defensive art. While for John Kreese, based on his experiences in Vietnam and based on what he came back with, karate was a offensive sport. And in, in, in Miyagi's world, in Miyagi-Do, basically, you know, you, you, you hit the point, and it's over. Well, it's not over for John Kreese unless his opponent is on the ground, not moving, you know. And that's just the way he is because of what happened to him in Vietnam, which we'll learn about in Season 3, you know. So it's really, it's, it's really justified. A lot of the stuff is justified. He's not coming out of, <clears throat> he's not coming out of an evil position. You know, it's all justified like we found out things are justified by Darth Vader. You know, we found out things are justified by a lot of other characters that the cinema took time to find out about their background, you know. And it's always interesting. It's always interesting why uh, a character who's basically toted as evil isn't really evil. He's just reacting to his past, you know, reacting to his previous environment. So for me, that's what's a lot of fun. Very true. And like you said, there's so many different levels and gray areas to be explored. Now, with the outstanding fan reception, as you said, Karate Kid and Cobra Guy has never left anyone's consciousness. Have you ever encountered anyone where this, these films and this television series has changed their life? Um, you know, you have been that inspiration for them or somebody that was just over the top. Well, you know, the, the, the letters you get, you know, the, on the internet, the things that how you, change people a lot, change people's lives by, I mean, yes, I was at a tournament once where there was a man who came up to me, and he was in his 30s, and he said to me, you know, I watched uh, I watched Karate, Karate Kid when I was 10, and now I own 30 dojos. And then you'll have a man come up who's a complete master, long gray beard, oriental, long, long gray hair, almost white, and he'll come up to you and say, you do not know what you have done for the world of karate. And, you know, he's just as humble as, as he can be. And he's, you know, he's bowing and, and he'll explain to you, you know, exactly what you did back in 84 when the movie came out, how his world completely changed by that film. You know, he's a sweet little man. They could probably break me in seven parts because he was... <laughs> He was a master, you know, he could probably twist me around his finger. And yet, it, I, it brought me to tears. And I literally got so emotional when this fellow came up right after the other one. And there was a youngster who now owns dojos, and this is a master from Japan, I've forgotten where he's from, Hong Kong or Japan. And so humble that I, I was reduced for the whole day because you just take that in. You know, you get a lot of letters from people that, that, choke you up and 
you know, they, they just, to me, you know, karate, the value of all of this is the discipline and the, the character is built, you know, learning the discipline, learning various, whatever style you learn. It, it takes you into a different place. It doesn't mean you have to go out and fight in an alley, you know, look for, uh, look for um, aggressive people. It just means it's just developing you as a human being and the discipline and using, contrary to John Creek, you know, you take karate, you know, you take karate not to use it. So it's really, it's really interesting in that fashion, contrary to what, to what John Creek believes. <laughs> now, before we move on to other things that you've been part of, of course, season two of Cobra Kai, you have a major role in it. Now, was there any one episode, either onset or offset, that was your absolute favorite to work with, maybe work with the people, just one scene or one episode that was your absolute favorite looking back at filming season two of Cobra Kai? Well, you know, there's a couple. There's, there's a couple, and um, working with Ralph and Billy is, is terrific because Billy, you know, Billy and I, it's like, the old gunfighter and the new gunfighter, you know, and the old gunfighter, you know, wants him to, it's sort of a switch. Usually if the old gunfighter doesn't want the young gunfighter to become, you know, follow his ways because they're the ways of, of depression and, and there's no friends. The world is, is a poor representation of life. The old gunfighter always wants to keep the young gunfighter in check, take up something else. Well, in this case, you know, it's, it's the other way around. He, John Kreese wants Johnny Lawrence to be what he was. And, um, and it doesn't happen. And, and what, what's interesting is working with Billy on that dynamic. Because I love him as a son, but he cannot violate Cobra Kai. He cannot astray from, from the values of Cobra Kai and what I set up when I came back and started the school. That mercy is for the weak. That, you know, there's no mercy. you know, and that's just how it is. You know, someone confronts you, he's your enemy. An enemy confronts you, there's no mercy. And, you know, it doesn't, Johnny Lawrence has a different point of view eventually. And we, you know, we have to, we have to handle that. So working with him in that dynamic as an actor is great. You know, because there's always a tension. There's always a love-hate thing going on. And with Ralph, you know, I have a couple of scenes, primarily one scene with Ralph alone, which is great. Because we hadn't acted together in 35 years, and, you know, it's in his garden, and I pop in there, and it's really terrific. But my favorite scene, I think, of all time is, you know, at the end of, of, uh, of when I come into Cobra Kai and basically ask to be, say goodbye, and give him this trophy. And that's probably my favorite scene, uh, because it allows you to dig down deep in the depths of of your instrument and, you know, knowing what that character's been through and what he tries to accomplish in episode one, season two, and fails. And then, you know, and then he's accepted, which is you know, emotionally so contrary to what you've seen John Cruz do and perform as. Now, stepping aside from Cobra Kai and The Karate Kid, you have been part of many other projects, the newest one being Once Upon a Time in Hollywood from director Quentin Tarantino. And what was it like working with such a director that loves his ensemble cast and a director that many people just line up to work with? They all want to work with him. People always have such great things to say about working with Tarantino. What was it like being part of this newest feature film coming from Quentin Tarantino? Well, you know, he's got everybody wants to work with him. They'll, they'll 
take a part without lying, you know. He's just brilliant. I was bugging him for years. To, <laughs> I was bugging him for years to be part of his uh, uh, troop. And um, one day he called right before I started Cobra Kai, and the first season had been on, and, and uh, he offered me this part. And it's a small part, but it's a lot of fun. Particularly on Leonardo DiCaprio and the Western sequence and all. But, you know, the I remember going to a party with him and we were chatting and uh, his party, in fact, he party to the event. And I said, I said, Quentin, I've been bugging you for years to be part of your, you know, part work with you. And I, I said, is, is it because I've been bugging you for years or is it because I'm hot from the Cobra Kai? And he looked at me and paused and said, a little bit of both. <laughs> and uh, he's great to work with. I mean, on the set, you know, finish the scene and he says, you know, he says, I think I've got it, but I'm going to shoot one more. And why? And he turns around and faces the entire crew of about 100 people. And they all say in unison, because we love to make movies. <laughs> it's a new question of why everybody wants to be there. You know, he's the guy who loves to make movies. He's so articulate. He knows everything about every film you've ever done. He knows your total resume. And it's very flattering, you know, that someone pays attention to everybody's career. The way he does, you know, to actors and, and directors and all. So it's always fun to play with him. And it's going to can the movie. So, you know, it's really, it's really, you know, it's, it's fascinating to work with a man. You want to just, it's like being part of the John Ford repertory, you know? You know, you just do all John Ford's movies back in the day, you know, because you loved working with John Ford, even if he treated you badly. Quentin doesn't treat you badly, so it's a plus, you know. Definitely. And not just Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but what else have you have out on your plate? Because being hot off of Cobra Kai, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and all the others, you seem to be pretty busy and a pretty busy guy. So what else do you have going on and coming up in the upcoming months as well? Well, I'm lucky enough to... You know, they, they came to me with this action horror thing, and I didn't know if I wanted to do that. And it was the uh, same people that made Bone um, Bone Tomahawk, a, a real bizarre Western, but very well done with um, Kurt Russell and Richard Jenkins. And and I saw it, and I really liked it, and they did this um, uh, Mel Gibson, um, Vince Vaughn film. Um, and basically they came to me, and they, Asked me if I'd like to do it, and had a great cast: Stephen Lang, William Sadler, um, Fred Williamson, David Patrick Kelly, and all these people. They worked in a lot of films that I liked, and they all were terrific actors. So I said, "Wow!" And, you know. So I said, "Okay, I'll do this." You know, and it's called DFW, and it's also going to Cannes, strangely enough, in a different category. And um, it's about you know veterans of foreign wars. We all were together in Vietnam and. And it's, it's basically the, you know, expendables in a bar. We're, we're holding off these bad guys who are besieging our bar. And, um, it's really great because the camaraderie between Stephen Lang and, 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 um, William Sather, you know, and, um, David and I, it's just great. It's just, you know, we, we created this camaraderie that was supposed to be established 50 years ago. We did it in three days because he's a, Talents were so rich, and uh, you know it was the best. It was one of the best experiences. And that balancing that with the premiere of Cobra Kai and flying back to LA and all that, 
you know, it's all very exciting, but it's exhausting. And, you know, this was fulfilling. And, the, the, you know, the, the director was a guy named Joe um, uh, Bicos, and uh, he was terrific. He'd done only two movies before. And, uh, it, it was, you know, he's a big fan of The Wild Bunch, and I get to, you know, die in, like, you know, a peck and paw film. And uh, it was exciting. It was just exciting working on the picture. So, you know, we'll see it soon. It's called VFW, and it's quite a surprise. And the picture I almost didn't do, I had an absolutely fabulous time. And the people, you know, uh, Amanda and, uh, and Dallas, uh, they treated me so very well. It seems like you have so much excitement and so much love of what's going on in the work that you are passionate about, and you love working on all of these great, amazing projects and continue to love working in this field to this day. Now, we don't want to keep you too long. We know you're busy, so many different things going on, uh, you, you lots of interviews and press to do as well. So, you know, we don't want to keep you too long here. But now, in closing, from all the roles that you've played, from so many shows, movies, television, you name it, from John Kreese all the way through to Rambo and more and playing this part in many people's lives movies that have been passed on to generations newer projects that i know are going to be surefire hits and passed on to generations as well are there any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave out there for any of your fans listening in whose lives you have touched over all these years it's just one simple what anecdote of of you know of people who have dreams and i think as an actor an artist a musician if the people who are hiring you don't, if the producers, whomever, if they don't hire you for whatever the project is, just remember it's their mistake and that you just have to keep on with the mainstream dream that you have for yourself. And I know we've all heard this before and we all struggle as actors. And, you know, we've heard Dustin Hopkins say it and he got his Academy Award. And, you know, I remember hearing it for the first time he got I think it's a reward for the graduates. But the bottom line is, it's the truth. And, you know, one needs to be tenacious and persistent and make your dreams come true. And just stay with it because there's lots of people with dreams. But the people with the bigger dreams, they usually succeed if you're tenacious enough, you know. That's, that's, that's the only way I've functioned. You know, I came out to Hollywood with a list of 10 people to see on a big yellow pad. And I think $1,000. My parents gave me 500 I had 500 And I came out in 1974, just winging it. And that's how life's been, you know. And those are words of wisdom and reinforcing to follow your dreams, never give up, and make it truly happen. Well, it was our pleasure once again having you stop in, Martin, with us, chat with us, and everybody just, you know, taking this trip down memory lane and into the future, and know that everybody is waiting once again for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to hit VFW, and of course, we all can't wait for Season 3 now of Cobra Kai. Yes, we are all excited to see where this journey is going to take since a crease into the next season, and it's hard to believe that we're going to have to wait a year for that. Now, we want to say thank you once again for stopping in, shaping people's lives, being part of these great movies that are passed on to generations, and things and moments that inspire so many other people in the future and so many people's lives who you've touched before. It was a pleasure once again having you stop in, chat with us, take this trip down memory lane, and it is always a pleasure to have you stop back with us, Martin, in the future as well, and continued success on Cobra Kai Season 2 and the upcoming Cobra Kai Season 3. Uh, you're very kind. Thank you very much, and take care of yourself.
This is it. This is the end of the line. Tell me. Did I tell you about the pool here? For Daniel LaRusso. Is this the only pool you guys got? The future seemed far from terrific. This place is a dump. You should go back to New Jersey. Hey, I know it's hard, but we're not quitters, are we? Until Hi. he met the hey, right girl. She's beautiful. I say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. Is that your address? You got it. But that it. only angered the wrong guy. Uh, 930. Definitely. You gotta be nuts. And his troubles really began. Then, in one man, he found a teacher. I promise teach karate. And a friend. Fighting all his last answer. How did you do that? Don't know. First time. Power. Whole body. Make a perfect picture. How do I know if my picture's the right one? If come from inside of you, always right on. Lesson about the balance, not just karate. Lesson for all life. Why train? So I won't have to fight. Hey, karate kid, let's make a move. No points or no points. You're dead meat. I don't have much of a cheering section. You got me. In the end, it will be in Daniel's hands. In his body. And most of all, in his mind. Concentrate, focus, power. Remember, balance. No mercy. Columbia Pictures presents The Karate Kid. Hey, what kind of belt do you have? Canvas. You like? <laughs> J.C. Penny, 398. <laughs> Let's get down to Side of 
has a crossing river With all the force of a great typhoon With all the strength of a raging fire Mysterious as the dark side of Now more than ever is a great way to add Disney Parks Play app to your growing multimedia collection and even if you're not visiting the Walt Disney Parks or Disneyland Resort, it's a fun way to kind of explore the fun interactivities that they have, the Disney, uh, all the wonderful Disney music that is exclusively plays through the Apple Music and so much more. And of course, you can download through the app stores over at Google Play and as well Apple App Store. Now, the Disney Parks app has been allowing guests throughout the Walt Disney Resort and as well the Disneyland Resort to interact with the theme parks in a whole new way through theme games, Disney trivia, digital achievements, official Disney Park music playlists through the Apple Music, and as well fun interactive um, games, mini games that you can play during your moment in the queue lines. Let's fly over or switch over to Toy Story Land over at Disney's Hollywood Studios as there's a great new addition with Stinky Pete. If for those who are not familiar with Stinky Pete, he's from, uh, from the Toy Story 2 movie and he's the old prospector that's part of the Woody and Jesse and the, the wonderful Toy Story gang that, that was part of that movie. But just be on the lookout that Stinky Pete will be joining out of his box and join all the favorite pals in the story Toy Story Mania queue line. Now, with the queue line, you'll be playing a little playset party, which is one of the several in-queue games offered in the Play Disney Parks app. Which this game will allow to go, allows guests to progress through a series of mini games to help to assemble the Toy Story Mania playset. After completing the mini games. He'll just may just pop out and surprise you. Now there's a little hint. Be sure on the, on the lookout if you're over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Look for a uh, Wild West type of jail, jail cell that Andy created for during the queue line. Of course, you can make sure your app is available through the Disney's Wi-Fi experience, so you can get that connected as well. Let's switch over the gears over to more of the Disney Parks app where there's a new addition over Splash Mountain at the Magic Kingdom and as well Kid Cut Fun Stop over for the World Showcase in Epcot. Now, as continuing with adding more people and games, the Disney Park app is continuing going to be evolving with new fun experiences while you're just waiting to kill, quote unquote, kill time or just look around while you're experiencing the parks while you're inside the park. From listening from songs to sounds to even racing virtual rockets over at Space Mountain, Disney and becoming a Disney trivia master, the Disney Play Parks app mobile game connects families and friends to the theme parks with interactive experiences to all enjoy. 
Now over at the Walt Disney Resort, Splash Mountain The Magic Kingdom game will be adding a fun new game presented by Ziploc. The Zippy Zippy A Duda Day is a way where guests can find their laughing place as they play together through a series of Splash Mountain themed mini-games featuring some woodland pals from the attraction. After completing these whimsical challenges, guests are re rewarded with a special photo frame to help them capture their moments. This experience is a great way to turn wait time into a play time while waiting in line for the attraction. And it can be also played anywhere at the in at the Walt Disney World Resort. Over at Epcot of the World Showcase, Disney Cot Puzzle Hunt is where guests can be will embark on an interactive world tour to find physical jog pieces, almost like the Easter egg hunt, you can say, throughout the Kid Cot Fun Spot area and all 11 worlds. Showcase, oh, excuse me, all 11 World Showcase pavilions. After completing the, the pavilion puzzle hunt throughout the app, guests are rewarded through a digital, digital jigsaw puzzle and special photo frames themed to each pavilion to commemorate their journey around the world. It's a perfect uh, companion to exist the fun cut um, experience while you're playing the game. The Disney Park Apps offer so much more to see and do, including EQ games, themes, achievements, and of course all the music. This is a great way to add it, and just as remember last fall, they also added the Pandora <coughs> excuse me, over the Pandora experience over the Disney's Animal Kingdom, the world of Avatar, and as of course Disney's Art of Animation Resort in the lobby, where guests can be playing quickly playing their fun, fun favorites there. So check it out if you have not got a chance or if you're on your way to the Disney parks sometime this summer. I know it's going to be crazy, but this is a great way to download it or just even have it just for the, listen to music and all the fun activities just to add it to your Disney park growing collection. Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney's Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. Jim Jiminy, Jim Jiminy, Jim Jim Chiru. I does what I likes and I likes what I do. Hello, art lovers. Today I'm a screever, and as you can see, a screever's an artist of highest degree. And it's all me own work from my own memory. Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jim, Jeroo. I draws what I likes, and I likes what I drew. No remuneration do I ask of you, but me cap would be glad of a copper or two. Me cap would be glad of a copper or two. Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jim, Jeroo. La-dum, da-da-dum, da-da-da-da-dum.
Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic romp once again, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Martin Cove for stopping in and chatting with us. You have played a part in so many people's lives, pop culture movies, passed on to generations. No film goes down bigger and badder than everybody quoting Wax on, wax off, no mercy, sweep the leg. Yes, you are part of that icon of Karate Kid franchises. So thank you, Martin, once again for stopping in, and I am excited for Season 3 of Cobra Kai. I'd also like to thank the D-Team, yes, of Dominic, Aaron, Jeremy, and Randy, stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without you, there would be no show. It would just be me rambling week in and week out. So thank you, the D-Team, and remember to connect up with the D-Team on our official website just by dropping them an email and connecting up with all of them here in the show. And finally, thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there truly would be no show. You are the reason we come back at you. You're the reason we've been here almost 10 years. You are the ones that drive the magic here at Diz Radio. So thank you, D-Heads. You truly are the magic makers here at the show. So next week, we have somebody very fun stopping in here at the show as we are truly getting into June. We're getting into summer, those summer vacations and so much more. So before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash dizradioshow. That's D-I-Z radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group as well. You can find us on the Diz Ninjas board. Also on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand. All of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical, different kind of Disney show. And remember, if you can't remember all of these, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com and find all these links there as well. Now, maybe you need the magic in your ears instantly. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Disney Blue, Diz Radio, or Disney On Demand. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows on your iPhone, your Android, your tablets, the device of your choosing, and get the shows as soon as they get released every single week just by subscribing right there as well. So all VD heads, with that said, it is time to wrap things up here. We're jumping into summer. We're going to get summer vacations planned. We're going to make it fun. And next week, let's just say it has recently been a 30th anniversary of a very special program. And with that comes a very special summer vacation. I'm going to leave it at that, all VD heads. So until next week, as I always say, take time, slow down, make memories. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. Make the magic happen. Make those memories. Spend the time with your family because memories come once in a lifetime. Money can always be made. So until next week, all of you D-heads, have fun, make the magic, and let's just jump into summer vacation because we don't want it to be a cruel summer like Daniel LaRusso.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.